The scripture for this morning is Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13, the parable of the virgins. Curtis gave you the internet version. I'll give you the official news release. <laughs> then the kingdom of heaven will be like this. Ten bridesmaids took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. When the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, all of them became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a shout, Look, here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all those bridesmaids got up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, No, there will not be enough for you and for us. You had better go to the dealers and buy some for yourselves. And while they went to buy it, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went with him into the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the other bridesmaids came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Keep awake, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So I want to tell this story yet one more time again because I really do want to bring it into present day. I did do a fair amount of camping with as a kid, but I was never in charge, because I was a kid mostly, of trimming the lamp. And I don't know that much about oil and lamp trimming. Even when I've had in my possession hurricane lamps, I created more smoke than I did light because of my um, ineptitude at that. So I really want to put this story in more contemporary language, in more contemporary um, setting. Um, we will still keep bridesmaids and grooms because I want us to realize that people are invited to be bridesmaids. You know, um, you've been to weddings perhaps, and maybe you've even been a bridesmaid. I've been a bridesmaid a couple of times. and. I don't just go to the bride and say, I want to be a bridesmaid. The, the bride invites or the groom invites somebody to be a bridesmaid. You're invited to this party. You're invited to this celebration of a man and a woman uh, joining together. That's the first part. And this story is set in a culture where when you have a celebration of a wedding, you tell the guests about the time it's going to be, and you tell them when the, the groomsman arrives that 
the doors will be shut and nobody else will be allowed in. Okay, and the bridesmaids are told that part of their responsibility is to provide the light for the party. Okay, and in this day and age, if you're told that you're to provide the light for the party, you don't bring an oil with lamp, you know, with light. You find light another way. Maybe you would be the kind that would bring just your phone and you would turn it on and go to the app that's the flashlight and you would have light for the party, right? So you show up for the party, all these bridesmaids with their cell phones and their light, and they wait, and the groomsman takes a whole lot longer to get there than anybody anticipated. In fact, so long, we all fall asleep. The bridesmaids do, and, and it's midnight before the, the groomsman shows up, and then they say, okay, we need the light. But the foolish bridesmaids say, we forgot to charge our batteries. And they turn to the wise and say, can we borrow your power cords? And we say, no, it's too late. You just need to go out there and buy a new battery. And so the foolish ones go out and they buy a new battery. But by, of course, by the time they get back, the groom's Man is still is, has arrived and the doors have been shut and they are locked out of the party because they weren't prepared. They forgot to bring their power cord so that they too would have light. And we oftentimes are as well unprepared for whatever life may bring us. Rather, it's to be prepared with our cell phones or other kinds of things that we need in this day and age, who would have ever thought that I could shine a light with a phone, let alone take pictures and all other kinds of things with it. And the last verse, let me read it, says, Keep awake, therefore, for you neither know the day nor the hour. Now this parable story that Jesus told is what a parable is, is in the Gospel of Matthew, and the Gospel of Matthew has several what is called discourses of Jesus throughout Matthew. And as you notice, this particular parable comes rather late in Matthew, and in fact is part of the last discourse of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. The rest of the of the book of Matthew, after this discourse is finished, tells of Jesus' betrayal, the betrayal of of the folks of Jesus and his death and resurrection. And indeed, the rest of this discourse is two other parables. Um, After he tells this parable of the bridesmaids telling what the kingdom of heaven is about, He tells another parable, and it goes something like this. It says, The kingdom of heaven is also like a man going off on an extended trip. And this man called his servants together and delegated to them responsibilities. To one he gave $5,000, to another $2,000, and to a third $1,000, depending upon their abilities. 
And then he left. Right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investments. Probably wasn't in this day and age. The second did the same. But the man with the single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him, good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant with 2000 showed how he also had doubled his master's investment. His master commended him, good work. You did your job well. Come and be my partner. The servant given 1000 said, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways, that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you. So I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. The master was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have put would be to have invested the sum with the bankers. I know that they only give less than 1% these days on savings, but at least I would have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most and get rid of this play it safe who won't go out on a limb. Throw him into utter darkness. Now, one question we might have after the first parable, the parable of the bridesmaids, was, would be today, how do we keep awake and be prepared? And I think this second parable in part answers that question. Take what you have, use it, invest it, do your best. Don't, don't doubt that God will be with you in all things. Take what God has given you and make the best of it. He says it over and over again in the second parable. Whether you use talents as described in some versions or thousands of dollars as described in this one. It all adds up to God expects you to use what you have been given. And you might say, okay, all right, use what we've been given, but use how? And he answers that with the third parable in this discourse. It's oftentimes called the parable of the sheep and the goats. And it goes like this. There really aren't any sheep and goats in it. We oftentimes forget that. He just says it's like a shepherd separating sheep from goats. When 
The Son of Man finally arrives blazing in beauty and all his angels with him. The Son of Man will take his place on his glorious throne. Then all the nations will be arranged before him and he will sort the people out, much as a shepherd sorts out sheep and goats, putting the sheep to his right and the goats to his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Enter you who are blessed by my father. Take what's coming to you in this kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation. And here's why. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit. I was in prison and you came to me. Then those Sheep are going to say, Master, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Thirsty and give you drink. And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to, come to you? Then the king will say, I'm telling you the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, you did it to me. And then he will turn to the goats, the ones on his left, and say, Get out, worthless goats. You're good for nothing but the fires of hell. And why? Because I was hungry and you gave me no meal. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was homeless and you gave me no bed. I was shivering and you gave me no clothes. Sick and in prison and you never visited. Then the, those goats are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or homeless or shivering or sick or in prison and didn't help? We never saw you. He will answer them. I'm telling the solemn truth. Whenever you fail to do one of these things to someone who was being overlooked or ignored, that was me. You failed to do it to me. Then those goats will be herded to their eternal doom, but the sheep to their eternal reward. So, we know how to do it. Take risks, use what we've been given, and we know what to do. Serve God by serving our neighbors, the least of these. And we do this as part of a faith community. We first live on the faith that God has given us. We are all bridesmaids to this party. We have been invited to this party. Everyone here and indeed people not here have been invited. And our preparation is to use what God has given us, the many blessings that God has given us individually and as this church. I walked into this part of the church earlier this morning, and Dennis says to me, what do you think of when you walk into this church, into this space? And I made some terrible quip like, it sure could hold a lot of hay, but I said, 
it also holds a lot of memories. This is a wonderful space. This whole building is a wonderful space. And many times I know this church feels that it is a burden, not a gift. But if you remember that it is a gift from God, then I would challenge you, so what are you going to do with it? This beacon up on this hill, the witness that this city needs from these peculiar kind of Baptists, is needed in this city, perhaps now more than ever. What are you going to do? How are you going to reach out to the least of these, your neighbors nearby and your neighbors far away? You have a unique ministry and mission to share with Salt Lake City and indeed with the world. God has given you the gifts and talents and abilities to do it. Each one of you, as the talents have been given, but nobody was given nothing. Everybody was given something. It's up to us to remember our power cords. It's up to us to use those gifts to which we have been given and serve God. We prepare today in just a few moments to go to the communion table where we claim to remember all that God has done for us. What will you do for God? Amen.